You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. We are breaking down the second half of the Sunday and Monday night schedule. If you want part one of our week three previews, check out yesterday's program. We're also going to look back at the Thursday night football game to kick off this week three action with the Panthers defeating the Texans 24 tonight. And don't forget to check out the new relaunched Locked On NFL Draft podcast featuring former NFL and AFL player bringing the scouting perspective, Eric Crocker with Locked On Chiefs host, Ryan Tracy, who brings the analytics, the brand new relaunched Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Matt, at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt. Uh, Matthew, how did you enjoy your Thursday night watching this football game? Um, th- there was a bet that you placed that we talked about a little bit off the air that you didn't drop on the listeners yesterday. It could have been a good one, and it turned out it was a good one. Yeah, and I was really confident of it. It's not like I'm a huge better, but I put more money on this one than usual. Um, it was over under four and a half total sacks in the game. And a lot of it's something that you talk about, this good young defensive front led by Brian Burns, who's a star in the making and a very impressive Carolina defense. But Carolina's O-line is also sort of problematic too. And Houston contributed with a couple of their own. Uh, this was an easy win by halftime, I think, even maybe before. So that worked out well. And uh, an entertaining game. I mean, I, unfortunately, the big conversations are McCaffrey's hamstring and Horn's foot injury. But the Panthers are 3-0. and Darnold's playing well. DJ Moore was a stud. He avoided injury. And I thought Davis Mills was better than I thought. You know, I mean, he threw the football pretty well. You know, not a lot of help around him, of course. I didn't have high expectations. Yeah, Mills wasn't a disaster by any stretch. Uh, did I liked what I saw from Sam Darnold? Competitive, and um, yeah. there, there's some mistakes. You know, he wasn't perfect, but man, three and zero for the Panthers and Sam Darnold looking good, getting in there. Got his head nearly popped off on that. Uh, I think maybe he needs to work on his technique with the with the QB <laughs> sneak. He went in a little high, yeah. then took one from the linebacker coming over the top, and then they were just like it, literally his head looked like he got squeezed out like a toothpaste tube. Uh, in the middle of that pile with his helmet <laughs> popping off. But um, all in all, it ended up being a Panthers easy 24-9 to win. Um, yeah, you mentioned that defense. Burns a sack, a half a sack from Fox. Um, Reddick, one and a half sacks. A really nice mm-hmm. free agent addition there for that Panthers defense. And um, <laughs> I saw a great nugget of information last night during the game. Shaq Thompson who was one of the leading tacklers for the Carolina Panthers, been uh, been around for a while, not really uh, you know, the the star that maybe they thought he was going to be at linebacker, but he was a, a, two-port, a two-sport athlete in high school, and uh, Joe Buck mentioned it on the telecast. So Shaq Thompson was drafted to play baseball out of high school, and he did play one season of professional baseball at 18 years old in rookie hmm. Gulf Coast League for the Red Sox. He was 0 for 39 with 37 strikeouts. <laughs> so I think the decision to play football, which was the correct one, was made for him. I thought that was an amazing stat. He hits like a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did have a stolen base hit because he got on base with uh, a, a couple of walks. 
So his stat sheet wasn't completely empty, but a zero a dot zero 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 batting average for Shaq Thompson in his his uh, professional season of uh, rookie league baseball. From what I recall, he played a little bit of running back in college too. So this guy's done a lot. Phenomenal athlete for sure. Yeah, and a ton of athletes really there on that Carolina Panthers defense. Um, one of those athletes. Very bad news, and you hate to see it in these games. And, and this is what is rough about the Thursday night games. You start seeing a bunch of injuries, and it's like, dude, can we just stop this game at halftime? I, I don't like seeing Chris McCaffrey limp off the field. I don't like seeing J.C. Horn, and it sounds like uh, it's going to be out for a while. The report is multiple broken bones in his foot. It's not a Liz Frank injury, uh, according to reports, but multiple broken bones in J.C. Horn's foot. Their first-round corner is going to be out for a while. Yeah, and, you know, the ripple effect is they mentioned this last night, and I, I always put take, you know, draft day stories with a grain of salt, but ap- apparently the Jets really wanted Carolina's first round pick. They refused to give it because they had their sights set on Horn, who they adore, and he's lived up to it 100%. And a huge reason they liked him so much, and they took him ahead of Sertain, if people don't remember, is he is a real man-to-man type corner and they've gone from zone to man in a big way and he's a big part of the reason why Uh, I think his future was going to be following number one receivers that type of deal and now that has to get put on hold unfortunately but um, unfortunately that's how this thing goes I mean but that's a bummer without question and I don't know how long McCaffrey's out but in the end the Panthers are sitting at three and oh with an extra long week to heal some bumps and bruises, it won't help Horn in this case, but maybe it helps McCaffrey. But, I mean, Panthers are in nice shape. I mean, they look like a playoff team. Yeah, it's good news on McCaffrey. Uh, you know, it, yeah. no injuries are good news, but a hamstring strain is what I saw. And and he carried the ball a lot the first two weeks, and he was carrying the ball late in the week two game on a short week coming in. Uh, I think it was partially them saying, oh, okay, strain hamstring, let's get him the heck out of this game. And, and um, maybe he shouldn't have been playing this game at all. Or maybe he should have rested a little bit <laughs> the week before for the second half of a, of an easy win. But, um, yeah, McCaffrey, hamstring, we'll find out what the imaging results are for both of those guys on later episodes, and we'll know more about the Carolina Panthers. But a long week to heal up for those 3-0 and first-place Carolina Panthers. Yeah, sitting in good shape, playing well. On the Houston Texans side, obviously it's going to be a long season there, but Brandon Cooks continues to to be the dude, and Davis Mills found him nine times for 112 yards. Yeah, he's a really good player. And I wonder, you know, I mean, kind of big picture thinking, do you just leave Davis Mills in the rest of the year, or does Taylor get the job going, you know, when he comes back? Or do you consider, if you're the Texans, are you in the market to trade guys like Cooks or – Ingram or David Johnson or even a Tunsil, you know, like yeah. I wonder how they're looking at the rest of the season. I almost feel like there's a cloud over Tunsil. And if you can get some of those first rounders back that you gave up to get them and, and you know, just be done with that. Long I, think mass you, cloud. I think you're in a situation where you have to listen to offers on all those guys and Cooks and Tunsil could yeah. bring you something back. So you have to if you're them. And uh, it, it's it's terrible for Tyrod Taylor. Can't get any traction, but it might be the best thing just to play Mills and hope you develop a, a backup quarterback at the very least. And who knows, maybe he surprises you because – uh, the more games you win, the worse it is for your franchise long-term right now if you're Houston, probably. Yeah, and, and I mean, the home run would be, boy, Mills is getting better. We think he can be a franchise quarterback as mm-hmm. a third-round pick. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, now you're really set up to build around him. That probably won't happen, but it would be nice to know at the end of the year. Uh, do we know when Taylor's going to be ready to go? 
I don't. They okay. said it last night. It's not like any week now. I, I want to say it's like four to six-ish, something like that, but I don't know that off the top of my head. But they probably won't have a lot of wins under their belt by then. Right, yeah. It, it'll make too much sense to not play Tyrod Taylor unless Mills is such a complete obvious disaster or obviously gets hurt himself. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing when that is. He's yeah, on IR to return, so he's got to be out for at least three weeks when you get placed on IR, right? So, right, uh, yeah. So probably one of those four to six weeks types of deals for Tyrod Taylor and uh, a long season for the Houston Texans, which we kind of expected. And the Panthers have somewhat arrived. Uh, they have got an easy schedule, though I will say. And so when things get a little bit more difficult, and they don't get very difficult for the Panthers very soon, there are some tough games on the schedule at some point. But, um, you know, Cowboys will be fun next week for them. Then the Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons. And then the second half of the schedule is where things start to get a little bit real when you got some teams like the Patriots and the Cardinals, uh, Washington's defense to go up against for, for Darnold and uh, the Bills and the Buccaneers, you know, and then the Saints and the Bucks again in the division. So that'll be a, a fun end to the season, and I have a feeling they'll have a pretty good record when they start that run in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I like where they're sitting right now. They're showing a lot of progress. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves that Darnold's out of the woods and is a great quarterback mm -hmm. and this Some defense is on top five units, you know, but because the schedule has been very favorable, but this is far exceeded my expectations for three weeks. Uh, two more quick notes here before we get to the rest of the Sunday schedule, the afternoon games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, previews and picks. There, uh, So with, with Sam Darnold... There is uh, very similar to the Texan side of things with Brandon Cooks. I mean, it was all more getting targeted oh, 12 man. times. Yeah. He led the entire game in targets on either team. Eight catches for 126 yards. They could have had a touchdown, too, I think, on another big play that didn't hit. So uh, that was fun to see for, especially me, who owns a lot of stock in fantasy leagues of, of DJ Moore. Yeah, I, I love him, too. I mean, I mean, I'm highly invested in him as well. I think he's a star in the making. And it's funny, I mean, even when McCaffrey was in there, they were like the only two that ever touched the ball. And then McCaffrey went out and more, you know, was like the whole <laughs> offense and there was no stopping them. Side note, you know, uh, the Texans and what they're doing swell. Don't get me wrong. You know, uh, we know where they're at as an organization. And I'm sure Lovey Smith's the salt of the earth, but they play cover two like every snap. <laughs> like, it, this isn't... Yeah. You know, Gruden, Tampa, too. I mean, it's not 20 years ago. Like, I, that's not the best recipe in the league anymore. You can't just play cover two all the time. I, I, and I feel bad for the coaching staff because this yeah. is like a placeholder coaching staff, clearly. Uh, and not that they deserve to be, but that's just the situation they're in, right? They're going to lose a lot of games, and whether it's a one-and-done or two-year thing, by the time they're good again, this isn't going to be the coaching staff, right? It's, it's just right. that's the way things go in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those more routes were – he breaks wide open in the void in cover two, and yep. boom, there's the football. And, you know, you can't just have predictable coverages time and time again. And you know what else I noticed? Is Terrace Marshall, the rookie, already taken over for Robbie Anderson as sort of the wide receiver, too? Or at least they're tied. He had more targets than Anderson in this game. Anderson only had one catch for eight yards. Marshall was the second leading receiver with uh, four catches for 48 yards. It seems like yeah. they're already doing that transition. They just re-signed Anderson, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to the idea that that could be happening because Marshall's very impressive. Um, I'm just going to put that on the back burner now and just kind of store it away in the memory banks and see if that's something that's uh, progressing a little bit because you might be right. Um, my guy, I, I really liked uh, Tommy Tremble coming out of school too. Yeah, he the rushing to, touchdown. It, yeah, <laughs> he, he's an aggressive dude. I like him. 
Yeah, Tommy Trimble. All right, fun team in Carolina. Uh, less fun for the Houston Texans fans out there, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. They're going to have a whole bunch of draft picks, hopefully trade some more guys. Uh, you got to rebuild that thing, and it could be a little bit, could be a long haul, but you've seen what the Panthers did rebuilding. And so follow that model, maybe. I'm with you. Let's preview the rest of the Sunday afternoon games, Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football next. Cookie Dough Chunk is back at Built.com. If you've never had a Built Bar, you are missing out. A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Not only the newest flavor, it's a new old flavor of Cookie Dough Chunk. They have their original flavors, coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. My personal favorite is anything involving peanut butter because the consistency is just perfect of the Built bar if you're not sure what flavor to get you can get a mixed box of built bars and check out these macros 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar only 130 to 180 calories per bar depending on the flavor only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs and for listening to this podcast you get a very special deal of 15 percent off at built.com by using promo code locked 15 go to built.com use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com i lied matt one more note here and it's not really on necessarily the panthers more an adam gates note that i ran across during the game last night this one from kevin clark who uh writes for the ringer and so a lot has been made, obviously, of Adam Gase being a bad coach and, and Sam Darnold, obviously, and, and failing there with the New York Jets. And then there was the Tannehill stuff where he left Gase and then all of a sudden took off. And you can kind of see that start to happen with a guy who's drafted number three overall, has a lot of talent, and Sam Darnold playing a lot better and, and, and producing way more and winning way more than he ever did in just his first three games with a new franchise than he did under Gase in New York. And then people always point to uh, the past with Adam Gase, where it's sort of, you start to look around, you're like, wait a second, the Broncos won the Super Bowl immediately after he left. LSU, after 2002, they won a national championship in 2003 when Adam Gase left. And then Kevin Clark dropped this one that I had no idea about. And it's not a joke. Adam Gase's Michigan High School Marshall won the state title in the first season after his 1996 graduation. So it goes way back to high school, <laughs> wow. even with Adam Gase. I don't much to add to that, but wow. I mean, it's, it, obviously there's a lot of coincidence there, but that's pretty quite the, that's quite the trend. Absolutely, and we'll see if that continues to the Jets if they start to have some success very soon, which I think they might, but uh, and they're sort of like, they remind me a lot of where the Panthers are, but just a, a year behind. Yeah, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. No, that's, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and if it does, like, we just got to shut it all down. Right, and there's, yeah, there's some <laughs> vortex in the, in the, the, the solar system Gates or something. Vortex. Yeah that's right okay here we go we we teased it yesterday because we didn't have quite enough time to get to all the early start games sunday so let's get that last one out of the way from the 1 p.m eastern the 10 a.m pacific time starts and a division matchup in the afc north your pittsburgh steelers matt at one and one are hosting the one and one cincinnati Bengals. yeah some of the injury notes are big here um it looks like watt Bush and Hayden will all be back, which is huge for the Steelers. They won't have Highsmith, who will get replaced by Ingram, and that's fine. But Deontay Johnson, I don't think, is going to play, which 
I'm actually looking as a bit of a positive, which isn't a knock on Johnson. It's just they've been very reliant on him. He gets like double-digit targets every time he's in the game. And I think it might be a little more heavier personnel, run the football a little bit more. The stat that I've been dwelling on with the Steelers all week that's making me pull my hair out of my head is the Steelers' backfield has the fewest touches in the NFL. Like You just used the first-round pick on the first back in the draft, and the whole backfield, which is entirely Najee Harris, has the fewest touches of any backfield in the league. Like That can't happen. No. Um, another injury note is it looks like T. Higgins is highly, highly questionable, which I think is a big deal for Cincinnati because they really, their offense, they play like 12 guys. You know, like Higgins plays every snap, Chase right. plays every snap. <laughs> and I think that would really hurt them. Um, I think this is a close game. I think the Steelers' offense is in a bad place, but their defense is now back to being a probably dominant unit with those injuries working in their favor. I have the Steelers 2017. I don't know what the line is off the top of my head. I know uh, like well, it just happens to be Steelers by three. Yeah. So you've got to push. So you got to get off the fence, Matt. You're going to go. I'll take the Steelers. Yeah, I, I think you have to. I think this matchup lines up well for the Steelers. Um, obviously, Higgins and, and Deontay Johnson are, are big losses for both those teams. From a fantasy perspective, I think that has to mean Claypool has huge value, right? What about G? I think. I, mean, I think that both those guys will play a lot of snaps. That sounds stupid, but they're going to help as run blockers to try to get this running game going. I'm sure they'll take some shots to Claypool. So, yeah, I mean, getting that third guy out of the mix, I think, certainly helps their fantasy value. And Jamar Chase, two for two with long touchdowns. Let's see if he can make it three for three there. And especially with Higgins out, he's probably going to be leaned on a little bit in that Bengals offense. I would imagine. I would imagine. Uh, slot receivers have done well against the Steeler defense, too. So, you know, Boyd isn't super sexy, but... Yeah. Uh, he'll be solid. Tyler Boyd he's game. From, he's okay. from here, too. Yeah. And I think that would make sense for the Bengals, who – and Joe Burrow didn't have his best game last week, coming off an ACL. Get the ball out of his no. hands quickly. I, that could be a Tyler Boyd game. That's actually a really good point there, Matt. Yeah, get it out of his hands, you know. All right, so Bengals are uh, Steelers by three. We're going with the Steelers on that one? Yeah, yeah, I'll lay the three. All right, how about Jets? Broncos. The 2-0 and Broncos hosting the 0-2 Jets. This is one of those that should have a pretty darn big line with how good the Broncos have played, and they should be – favorites and they're at home against a Jets team that is uh that is a ways away still even though I like the direction they're going it's pretty clear that they're not ready even close to ready for prime time they might not be ready for afternoon yet um but 10 and a half points it's a lot of yeah, points is it enough line. points Matt I hate the line I mean if it was nine and a half I would be like Denver for sure I'm still gonna take Denver it's just Teddy's playing really well I just think by nature, his style, the way the Broncos are constructed, they're not going to beat teams by two touchdowns very often. You know, I mean, they make, I think they'll control this game. They're the much better team. A pick six wouldn't blow me away. Von Miller, strip sack, fumble, scoop and score. You know, I mean, Denver's D, which I'm very happy is on my fantasy team, is set up for a huge day. So I'll lay the points. You know, it's tough to play a mile high. I think it's their home opener. It's a tough situation for the Jets, but I wish that line was nine and a half. If you're looking at the Jets and thinking, okay, how are they? It's a big number. You want to bet on the Jets. They played, the, we just talked about how good the Panthers are and the direction they're going. They only lost by five points to the Panthers in week one. It was a 1914 yeah, sort yeah. of a game. And then there was four turnovers. There was four interceptions thrown against the Patriots last week. Um, it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. You might go under on this one. It's it, the over/under is only forty-one and a half, and you still might want to go under. It's the lowest under of the day. 
but it's basically saying the Jets aren't going to score hardly at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, Essentially, you think it's going to be seventeen right. nothing or you know something like that for the Broncos to win by ten and a half because it's such a low scoring game. So to me, obviously, straight up, you got to take the Broncos here. You just have to. But I'm going to take the points with the Jets. I'm going to take the points and think that they'll keep it close enough and. It's not going to be some crazy two-touchdown blowout, even though it might not feel close either. I think there's a good enough chance for the Jets to score enough points and not turn the ball over, and you know maybe the offense starts. And there's some weapons there, and you know don't th- mm-hmm. don't throw four interceptions, and you might have a close game here. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be the key. Is I would imagine Denver wins a turnover battle. I mean Wilson versus Bridgewater in terms of ball security is night and day, but if it's not by four, maybe you keep it within ten. Let's go to the Twitter mailbag here. We had a question earlier on this week from Joshua about the Dolphins. With Tua now questionable with a rib injury, what is the ceiling for the Dolphins this season? So let's say Tua doesn't play this week or not at all. Like, Where do you think the Dolphins are? And the Dolphins have a tough one here because the Raiders are red hot and they're going to Las Vegas at 1-1 one and one to face the 2-0 and o Raiders. Yeah, it's a tough game. I mean, in the new black hole, I think that's going to be a difficult place to play. I hate to say it this way. I have major doubts more and more about Tua. And I like Brissett. I don't know that that gap's as big as this question indicates, is all I'm saying. I mean, you'd be better chance of winning with Tua, of course. I think their interest in Deshaun Watson is very real. Tua's injuries are mounting up at an insane rate going back to Bama. I worry about that. You know, like, again, I don't think Brissett's better than him, but a full week of prep. I think Brissett will look like a much different player. I think Miami's ceiling is nine, ten wins if everything goes well. I mean, uh, probably lower because I know that Flores is a really good coach and it's an interesting, you know, hard to play against defense. It's very opportunistic, but you're not going to have that turnover ratio like you did last year. You know, I mean, it's hard things to count on. Maybe they're an eight and nine type of team. Yeah, it's I think. Going well. I think. Yeah, when you're projecting this out, especially with and, and two is for sure going to miss this game. He's got fractured ribs, and so not sure mm-hmm. how many games he's going to going to miss. But he's out this week against the Raiders. I don't know how much of a difference it makes. I, I feel like it. You, you want to go under on this one. Forty four is the over under, and even though the Raiders have scored some points this year, they're not going to have to air it out uh, against the Dolphins like they've had to uh, in some other games this year. Uh, What's but spread? yeah, nine and eight, eight and nine, nine and eight. I feel like that's where the Dolphins are right now. Uh, and, yeah, and the, I think they're. But I felt that way about them last year. They sort of surprised me. Right. They they might have a higher ceiling than we're giving them credit for, just because the brand of football is a winning brand of football that they're playing, and and I do like that style of ball. And I think you know, of all the Bill Belichick disciples, I think the Dolphins so far have gotten the closest at playing that style. Yeah, and. I do think Flores is a tremendous coaching future. But, I mean, just two years ago, all we heard about this team was tank for Tua. You know, like they were like the worst team in the league. You know, I mean, it it doesn't turn around in a year. And what's the spread in this game? I think I'm going to take the Raiders. It's the it's the Raiders by three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to lay those points. I don't love the Raiders D-line, but it looks like it's turning from a weakness to a strength. Miami's O-line might be the worst in the league for sets, you know, a backup, but a good one. I like the under, but I will give you the three and a half in Vegas. 
Yep, I think you have to take the three and a half here. But that's surprising, Matt, because uh, I, f- I felt, and I know some of it's having some fun. Some Raiders fans have been vocal toward you, uh, but I thought maybe you'd go upset special here with Jacoby Brissett. Well, I want to kiss up the Raiders fans a little too, because <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, you got to go Raiders. Uh, and, well, and with two out, I just, I, three three and a half points is not enough with the way the Raiders are playing right now. Yeah, I, I think Carr has a lot of success and. Josh Jacobs comes back. I think that's helpful, you know. All right, some big time matchups coming up that we'll finish here in the last segment. We've got Bucks at Rams. We got Seahawks at Vikings. We've got Packers at 49ers Sunday night and NFC East matchup Eagles at Cowboys on Monday Night Football next. Those Carolina Panthers were my pick in this week's Survivor Pool at Run Your Pool. Dot com. And it looks like a nice big group of about 35 of us left in this pool of, of about 200 folks that entered the pool. 130 left. 35 of those chose the Panthers in week three and are clear into week four. If you happen to be out in this Peacock and Williamson Survivor pool or just want to start a new pool, whether it's Survivor or any of the other number of NFL, college football pools, NBA, PGA You can even brand your pool for your local business. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete this NFL season. Runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. NFL season ramping up, tons of great bets to be placed at betonline.ag like over-unders, money lines, futures bets, MVP. Maybe you like some of the picks Matt and I have made on this podcast, although I would not recommend you spending money on things that we say, entertainment purposes only. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season and i know y'all are pumped up after seeing football sometimes it's a slow burn too you're like all right the season back what's it gonna be like you're like oh yeah this is fun this is awesome overtime monday night football great let's throw some money down because now i have a good feel for what these teams are going to look like in 2021 a new updated site and interface at betonline.ag with even more odds props and contests they continue to be the number one source for everything football Head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code Locked On. Not only football, but basketball, boxing, baseball, your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available this season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. How about this, Matt? Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of Tom Brady replacing Drew Bledsoe against the New York Jets wow. after Bledsoe was injured on a hit by Mo Lewis. And since then, Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl titles, three MVP awards, and 590 passing touchdowns, soon to be 600 career passing touchdowns for Tom Brady. He probably won't get them all in this game, but uh, this should be a fun one. This is uh, going to be a really good afternoon game. There's not a ton of afternoon games here this week, so a lot of folks be tuned into. Buccaneers, Rams, Tampa on the road by a point. I'm feeling the home dog here with the 2-0 Rams hosting the 2-0 Buccaneers. I don't think that there will be a lot of success on the ground at all, but I think it's going to be okay corral. You know, just a gunfight between veteran great quarterbacks back and forth. 
good weaponry, uh, try to contain Donald, but probably, you know, do have some success doing so. I think Ramsey will probably follow Evans and AB is out of this game from what I understand with COVID. So yes, it's going to be a heavy. Out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Godwin and Gronk. I still can't bet against Brady. I mean, it, you just opened the segment with, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, it's amazing that some of his milestones are 20 years and, I know this is crazy and this is off topic, but uh, I was chatting with some buddies last night and on the NHL network last night was the game where Wayne Gretzky scored his 500th career goal. And I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, I wonder how old Gretzky was. He was 25 when he scored his 500th (laughs) career goal. And that's like Brady numbers. These are just like stats and things that are like myths that I'm going to tell my great, you know, that my son's going to tell his grandkids and things like that. Like, it's insane. That's why he's called the great one. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I'm glad they don't call him the goat. Uh, do you know how... So Tom Brady is already number one on the list of touchdown passes. Uh, and it did, it seems like not that long ago, but he's already got a nice little lead on number two in Drew Brees because remember, they kind of went back and forth for a bit with that uh, touchdown yeah. record. Uh, and so 571 for Drew Brees. And when it's all said and done, Brady's going to be like 100 touchdowns higher than Peyton Manning, who's third on the list with 539. Wow. It's a big gap. You know, and Manning was ahead of him for the majority of their careers. And then Brett Favre's the only other guy that has 500 even. Wow. I mean, those numbers could eventually get broke by a Mahomes or somebody like that just because the game's changed so much. Yeah, but, 17 game seasons now. Yeah. But still, that kind of almost feels like Jerry Rice's numbers just because of the longevity. It is. It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so Bucks. I got the Bucks. You got the Bucks. You're going to give up that one point. I just like. Yeah. I just like Rams at home, and the uh, too good of a team to be a, a home underdog to me. So give me the Rams. I hear you. I hear you. And I, mean, I think there is some susceptibility. One. And you talked about they're going to be throwing the ball. Um, th- this is a big one for Sean McVay. But I think the Buccaneers. They've had some banged up corners. I think that might be where you can get the Bucks. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Seahawks at Vikings Sunday afternoon. The 0-2 Vikings hosting the 1-1 one one Seahawks. Both these teams had some thrillers last week that were, um, that were, and both teams actually lost in the final seconds of their games. Seattle on the road favored by 1.5. What's crazy is it's week three. It's September 24th, and whoever loses this game is in massive trouble. I mean, 0-3, doesn't matter your division or your conference, is a long shot to make the playoffs. I mean, history's just shown that time and time again. And if you're 1-2 and two in the West, if Seattle loses this game, man, I mean, the, the, the firepower around you in your division, that is a big hole to climb out of, too. What would you say the spread was? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. That is the Seahawks on the road favored by 1.5. I think they win. Uh, Minnesota's defense is allowing a, a ton of completions. <sighs> Man, I think they're going to be so desperate, though, that Zimmer's going to pull out crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> good yeah. teams don't go 0 and 3, and I think this is a pretty good team, but I hate betting against Seattle. I mean, conventional wisdom doesn't always work for them. I think they're noticeably a better team. This is a big avoid for me. I mean, of the games we've talked about, this is the one I would put the least amount of money on, but I'll take Seattle on the road. Yeah, this could go any number of directions. I think Seattle's better, 
Uh, and I think one and a half points yeah, yeah. is probably not enough. I don't think it's too bad of a trip. You know, this isn't like a, a California team going to Florida or going fully west, right, west coast right, or anything right. as far as a trip for Seattle to go to Minnesota. Um, and uh, and the Vikings, yeah, I just don't like where they're at. I just defensively, I don't think they can really hang right now. And like, you got to stick a fork in them at zero and three if that happens too, because there's just too many teams to leapfrog to get in the playoffs in the NFC, even if they really turn things around this year. So it's a rough year, and I think you're going to start talking about coach firings, and you know, and right? You see, this could be Zimmer's last year, right? And I don't think I think the the line might be pretty good on first coach fired being Mike Zimmer. Wow. And not that I mean, I, I'm not that I'm advocating that. It's just that we, when you go zero and three and you have the expectations the Vikings have had the last few years, then that's what just where you have to start uh, going with things yeah. in, in this day and age in the NFL. Although there's 17 uh, weeks and not 16, so zero and three might not be as dead as it used to be. I mean, we could be a month away from here, and should Kellen Mond get in there? You know, those type of things. And I know this isn't always a way to look at it, but. Let's say Minnesota was going to Seattle this week. I feel like that line would be like seven and a half. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I feel like there's more than a three-point bump for Minnesota at home with that one and a half line. Right, right, I just feel like this is one of the wronger lines. This doesn't quite add up. I thought it was going to be maybe even the Vikes favored by three, you know, just because they're desperate and they're building. So that's not enough for me to do anything. How about this one? This one should be a ton of fun. The Packers at the 49ers, Sunday night football, prime time, and the Niners. I got to interject on your Niners super oh, quick. Sure. I just got the blurb on my phone. Oh. McCa- McCaffrey's out a few weeks. A few so, weeks. Okay. Hey, that's not horrible. Uh, not horrible. Not horrible. Uh, I like the way Freeman ran. Chuba Hubbard. There's yeah, they're there. okay. Yeah. Niners and Packers, 2-0, 49ers on the road. This is their home opener at 2-0. and That's usually a pretty good situation to be in, and they are favored by three points at home against the Packers. They've kind of had the Packers number in recent years, that Shanahan and Lafleur battle, and then there was the Mike Silver report yesterday that maybe indicated that Matt Lafleur is a little bit upset at the 49ers, thinking there was some back-channel stuff going on with them trying to sneak in and trade for Aaron Rodgers, and there was all those rumors on draft day, remember? So maybe a little extra here with the coaches who are close to each other, and and Matt's little brother Mike had coached with the 49ers in the past, so maybe a little extra intrigue in this game beyond just two good teams here in the Packers and the 49ers that have playoff hopes meeting in primetime. Yeah, there's certainly familiarity, you know, a lot of it, to be honest with you, as you mentioned, as you laid out well, who I just, here are my two big predictions for your Niners and a big reason I'm going to take them. I think Kittle goes bonkers in this one, you know, that they avoid Jari Alexander to some degree. Kittle finally breaks out and has the numbers that we would expect from him. And (laughs) this is just wishful thinking for my fantasy team. I think this is Trey Sermon's day. (laughs) I'm hoping. I just think it sets up great for whoever the number one running back is. I want it to be Sermon. I don't know what his concussion situation is, but uh, I like the Niners situation here. I don't like whoever's going to cover Devontae Adams, but in San Fran's building, I'm going to lay the points, I think. I have a pretty good vibe on how this game is going to start and how they're going to try to attack things, but I have no idea how the teams are going to respond and how it's going to end. And so this is definitely get your popcorn ready game as far as sermon and mitchell they're hopeful that both or one of them will be able to play both are questionable Mm -hmm. right now both not practicing trey sermon with the uh with the concussion protocol and elijah mitchell with the shoulder injury i have a 
sneaking suspicion Elijah Mitchell because he came back in the game last week is going to play and they're just holding him out and being cautious and then we'll see what happens with Trey Sermon so I still think Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number one but man with the rate that those running backs are getting injured for the 49ers and and Kyle Shanahan's going to lean on him and when I said I think I know how it's going to go they're going to try to run him out of the building like they did in the playoffs a couple years ago and if the Packers can't stop the run no matter who's in there running the football or if the 49ers running back situation is just so bad that they're not able to run the football, then things will get interesting if Jimmy G has to go win it, if the Packers can go you know, score a bunch of points. And uh, they're going to be targeting rookie cornerback D'Amador Lenore very heavily, and probably Josh Norman a little yeah. bit too. But um, just like the, the Eagles did last week, and now you've got Aaron Rodgers instead of instead of Jalen Hurts throwing the football. They're going to attack the young player, so I think the 49ers might have to play some soft coverage on the back end to protect those corners with the injuries out there, which might open things up underneath when we saw Aaron Jones go off for three touchdown catches last week and Tanyan over the middle in that case. So that's sort of, I think, the give and take with these two teams. But Shanahan's going to try to play it straight, try to keep Rodgers off the field and run the heck out of the ball early. If that doesn't work, this could get very interesting. As far as my picks, actually, and we made picks on Locked On 49ers a couple days yeah. ago, and it was actually a three-and-a-half point line. And we all said, you know what, feel like the Niners should win this one straight up, but I like getting three-and-a-half points with the Packers. Now there's three points, it's a little bit more difficult, and I might go Niners by a field goal because that's kind of what we all thought this game would end up being. Okay, yeah, and to be very honest, I mean, I'm picking the Niners, but I don't think any of my hard-earned podcast bucks are going on this game. I'm just looking to kick back in the Lazy Boy Sunday night and enjoy this one, I think. Right. I think it's going to be a really fun game. That's exactly how I'm feeling about it. How about this Eagles at Cowboys on Monday Night Football? That should be another one. Total opposite fun. for me. I'm, and, I'm hitting this one hard. <laughs> okay. you got you. Let's see. Let's see if I can guess which way Matt Williamson is going. we got Eagles at Cowboys. Both teams coming in at 1-1. One and one. Dallas at home is favored by 3.5 points. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I just we spend a lot of time chatting. What do you think? I, I really don't like this game that much. I'm trying to because you love it. I think you're a big fan of the Cowboys, right? So I feel like, and I mean, not not generally, but I think this year more bullish on the Cowboys. We did see them win. We, we saw them play two different styles of games so far this year, which I think makes you feel a little bit better about it. I don't think the Eagles are a powerhouse offense anyway with that matchup going against the Cowboys defense. So three and a half points at home. I think I might take the Cowboys here. I'm hitting it hard with the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, uh, I think that the the Eagles are searching a little bit. You know, I mean, I don't understand why Dallas Goddard isn't featured more. Uh, the young corner Diggs might travel with Devontae Smith. Uh, I think the Dallas defense is better than people think. You know, that they they run around, they're aggressive. Micah Parsons looks like a star. I really like Diggs as well. It's enough that's to kind of keep a, a searching Eagles intact, but the other side of the ball to me really sets up well for, you know, Dak has a massive advantage over Hertz. Of course, I think they'll run pretty well. I think they're, they'll have a lot of success against those Eagles corners Monday night in Dallas, awesome building, great environment. I think they put it on their division rivals. One thing I will say about the Eagles is they're not going to lose many battles up front. They've been really good on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line, for two straight weeks, and it almost was enough to beat the 49ers. They they had to go for it on fourth down in that game last week. They had a blocked field goal. That could have looked very different. So, I, And we were really surprised with how good they played in week one, right, with the Eagles. Right. So. 
Um, I'm actually kind of talking myself into going the other way. You're so confident okay, in Dallas, then I think I might take the points now that I think about it and go with the Eagles here in this one because I've been impressed with them on both sides of the ball. And I think they might have some opportunities to make some bigger plays and, and not screw this thing up like they did last week. And uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to go head-to-head do with it. Williamson, and I'm going to take the points and go with the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Okay, I like it. I'm feeling strong about Dallas and – Maybe we'll bring it up again on Monday, but I, I I think their chances of you know really putting on an offensive show is quite possible in this one. All right, now I'm even more excited about this Monday Night Football game between the Eagles and Cowboys. I hope you guys are too, and Matt and I will have everything broken down from Sunday's games on Monday's show and then uh, break down Monday Night Football on Tuesday's program and keep it going every day, every week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in with us every single day. By the way, be back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.